Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. It is February in Northern Indiana, right? <laughs> we have a church family that's moving to California this week. I didn't have much joyful things to say to them. <laughs> oh my goodness, I need to find my notes. Uh, a couple of years ago, Washington Post, they, they published an article about a UN report that showed Americans are increasingly unhappy. And, and unfortunately, with all that's gone on in the past couple of years, that trend has only continued to dramatically increase. And there's a lot of reasons or theories for this, but ultimately what the researchers found is America is a mass addiction society. And it's ruining our lives. There are so many addictions controlling our lives, we're becoming increasingly unhappy. Chemical addictions, substance abuse, pornography, gambling addictions. I was just telling Shelly like a week or two ago, I can't believe how many commercials, ads, and other things are for gambling now. Like it's, it, I don't know, it's really interesting. Uh, there's addictions connected to social media use. One of the findings was that your average 17-year-old spends close to six hours a day on social media and the internet. Six hours a day. Uh, that's an unhealthy addiction. How do I know this is unhealthy? Because the study showed teens are increasingly isolated, lonely, and unhappy. We are better connected than ever, and we are lonelier and more unhappy than we've ever been. So the question is, how do we flip the script? How do we overcome the addictive nature of our society and increase joy in our lives? This is so important. And maybe some of you are wondering, why in the world is Pastor talking about this is a farewell message? Because <laughs> three things were really important. I actually would say four. I was thinking about it this morning. Four things were really important to Shelly and I as we were looking at a transition that we had announced last April. The first is, is that we would see people increasingly get connected and come back together as the body of Christ. And, and praise the Lord, we're seeing that happening with classes and life groups and serve teams and and so that was really important. Connected to that is that we really increasingly see people find their place in the body of Christ. We were never made just to show up on a Sunday and, and sing a few songs and go home and carry on. We are not made for that in the kingdom of God. We have been designed for good works that God created, says, for us long ago. And, and so increasingly important for us is that people find their place, and, and they'll talk actually more about that next Sunday. So those, those two things. Uh, the third thing was, is I wanted to make sure the Lord impressed deeply on my heart that we knew who we were as children of God, as citizens of his kingdom, and, and so we spent time in that. But then the last thing was, so we leave in joy. Leave in joy. It's so important. And, and so that's what this message is all about, growing our joy as followers of Jesus. So who would like to grow their joy today? Me too. We've got wonderful things to be joyful about. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you do. We're going to be in God's Word today as we are every week. Philippians chapter 1 is where we're headed. If you don't have a Bible with you today, um, you know what I love is, is every Sunday at Connection Point Church is somebody's first Sunday. I met several couples here that it's their first Sunday. Could we welcome our, our guests to the day? If this is your first Sunday, maybe your second Sunday, you're in an awesome church that loves Jesus, that loves people, and wants to see you fulfill all that God has for your life. So we're excited for that. So we've got, if you don't have a Bible with you today, we have one underneath a chair in front of you. You're welcome to borrow that because we like to read God's word together here. And we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. I'll invite you to stand for the reading of God's word uh, because these are God's words to us. And man, we don't want to ever take that for granted. So we're in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 through 11 this morning. And this is Paul. We had finished a series on Ephesians. He had wrote a letter to the believers in Ephesus. And now here's a letter that he writes to believers in Philippi. And here's what he has to say to them, the opening of his letter. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, 
always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Let me pause there. If you're familiar with scripture at all, Philippians is one of the most quotable books in all of scripture. You read through it, you're going to be like, that's where that scripture is. That's, this is one of those, right? This is one of those scriptures. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of our God. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. Aren't those great verses? So Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church from prison. At this point, Paul is chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. And yet throughout this book, Paul talks about joy. It's the dominant theme. I don't know about you, but I'm chained to somebody 24 hours a day. Joy doesn't come to mind. But that's Paul's posture in the spirit. The words joy and rejoice are used over 16 times in this short letter. And Paul's joy is critical for the situation he finds himself in. Because here's what scripture tells us, and you know this scripture, and maybe you've not thought about it, but I feel like it really applies so much to, to where we're at today. The joy of the Lord is my You know this. And two weeks ago, as we wrapped up Ephesians, we talked about how Paul is encouraging us to be strong, not in ourselves, but in the Lord, and to stand firm in his mighty power. And so here's the secret to that. If we want to be strong in the Lord, we need to operate in his joy. We need his joy. That's, that's really why I want to share this message this morning. Because as we talk about the joy that's essential in our life, it's essential because we can't be strong in the Lord without it. We absolutely need it. It's important in the life of every believer. So the question is this morning, how do we increase our joy as followers of Jesus? And the good news is scripture gives us answers. First thing we find from our passage is we can grow in joy by remembering the good in life. We grow in joy by remembering the good in life. In Acts chapter 16, we find Paul on one of his missionary journeys. He visits the city of Philippi. He went to a place of prayer. He encountered, uh, encountered a woman named Lydia there. She responds to the gospel and she and her whole household are saved. And so then Paul and Silas, they, they go and stay with Lydia's family for a while. They continue to share the gospel in Philippi. People are saved and they're baptized. And, and while this is occurring, apparently there's this demon-possessed woman who's following them. I think kind of tormenting them, making fun of them. She's actually saying, pay attention to what they're saying. But think about the context. People in town are like, she's crazy. If she's saying it, we don't listen to her, right? So that's a bit of what's going on. So then Paul, out of frustration... One of my favorite motivations in ministry. He cast the demon out. <laughs> what a crazy situation. He cast the demon out of the woman, but then the people who owned this lady and, and profited from her, because of what they did, Paul and Silas, they bring them before the magistrates and have them put in jail. They're beaten severely, Roman flogging. Look that up. That's fun. Don't do it now. Do it later. They're put in stocks in the interior of the prison. And then that night, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns. Let me pause here for a minute. I thought this was kind of interesting because in the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, it says that if you are troubled, pray. If you're joyful, sing. So it's really interesting in this context that Paul chooses to sing. So he's like this joyful, I've been flogged, I'm in stocks. Hey, Silas, why don't we sing some songs? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Silas's expression in that moment, <laughs> but they did it. So they're singing songs in the jailer. What happens is, is this earthquake comes. The jailer thinks everyone has escaped because the doors have been flung open. But then uh, the jailer who's going to kill himself because of the impending sentence that he would face had he let the prisoners go. 
Paul interrupts to say, hey, we're still all here. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't kill yourself. And the jailer rushes in and says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And so Paul and Silas, they go into this jailer's uh, home. They share the gospel and his whole family is saved. So Lydia's family, this jailer's family and others, they were the start of the church in Philippi, but it came at a cost. It came at a cost. And yet here's what Paul writes. I thank my God and all remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. When Paul thinks of Philippi, what does he remember? The good things. He remembers the good things. That's what's on his mind. Paul sees the good and the result is he has great joy. Great joy. Shell and I have been reflecting on the, on the past six years. We've found we have so much to be thankful for. So much. Uh, there's no way to come up with an exhaustive list, but, but what we thought is we could come up with a sampling of the many, many wonderful things that our family is so thankful for at Connection Point Church. Uh, Shelly and I were working through this list yesterday and quickly discovered it would be thousands of pictures and lots of time to personally thank everybody, but we just felt like it'd be fun to run through a sampling of wonderful things that we're thankful for in our time here. Let's start out. We thank God when we remember how our family came to Connection Point for a mission service September 2015. Look at those cuties. We came here in September. Lucas was in Big Backyard Hallway. He wasn't yet three. Haley was in Kids Cove. Nate was in Brightside. So, by the way, we came through the building last night just talking with the kids and, and just allowed them to kind of explore and, you know, what's on your heart. We reenacted this picture. We'll share it later on Facebook today. A little bit bigger now. A little bit bigger. <laughs> but we are. We're so thankful we came here for a missions weekend, September 2015. Our lives have never been the same. And they won't be. What else do we thank God? We thank God for our first Christmas here. We were greeted with pom-poms. <laughs> Deanne still has them. She'll put them to use. What else do we thank God for? We thank God for Ted and Sue Brust. We are so thankful for the legacy of their leadership here. If you don't know them because you're newer to Connection Point Church, they were the lead pastors before. What wonderful shepherds in the faith. Wonderful shepherds. What else are we thankful for? We're thankful for a baton passing of leadership. So Pastor Ted and Sue, they came back and they passed a baton and, and welcomed us into this legacy of wonderful things of, of what Connection Point Church is. What else are we thankful for? I am thankful I got to put my cornhole skills to the test. <laughs> First month I'm here, I bring in my ringer Shane Phelps and we win. So there's our first place trophies for cornhole. We thank God for cornhole. <laughs> what else do we thank God for? We thank God for, there's a, a number of pictures here, the many, many wonderful leaders that we've been able to serve at this place with. So this was us, pause here for a minute. Shelly made apple pie, but Jeff was supposed to be eating healthy. <laughs> Christmas party fun. First Friday prayer, toilet overflows. <laughs> Praise God for good leaders. <laughs> yeah, getting set up for some disciple-making movement training. Isn't that fun? You know what's been really cool? Seeing Pastor Michael and Pastor Aaron become ministers. <laughs> so we thank God for the many, many wonderful leaders that we've had, been able to work with here. What else do we thank God for? We thank God for the people who just loved on our kids. Big bubbles in the backyard, riding in a combine at harvest time. That's an awesome time. We're so thankful for the many, many people that absolutely loved and expressed love toward our kids. What else do we thank God for? We thank, are so thankful for the congregants who welcomed us into their homes. That's such a big deal that they love us that way. We're so thankful for that. But we're also thankful for the people that came and visited us in our home. One of our favorite things that we did is we did a summer connect group and on Sunday nights had different people come for s'more nights. So thank God for s'mores, right? <laughs> thankful for that. We're thankful for the friends that our kids have made. 
So many wonderful friends. This is, so let me pause here. You all don't know, but you have a first place soccer team in Greater Lafayette. This team dominated Greater Lafayette soccer. (laughs) Not that we should be prideful in the kingdom of God, but we were happy. (laughs) So thankful for the many, many friends that our kids have had here for Lucas and Haley and for Nate. Look at that fun crew around the table. That was a couple years ago. I love it. (laughs) What else are we thankful for? We're thankful for an awesome youth group. We're so thankful for that. This is uh, Shelly and I. We got to go and and visit Morocco with our youth group last summer, and they're praying over laptops. They're giving to the National Church in Morocco that the National Church in Morocco then takes and evangelizes the whole country with. Isn't that awesome? Thank God for a wonderful youth group. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for my Wednesday lunch group. Candidating weekend, November 2015. I think shortly after I was voted in, I was greeted with, by the way, we want you to know we have lunch with the pastor on Wednesdays. It was an invitation. I accept the invitation. I'm looking forward to it. So it's been a lot of fun Wednesday lunches. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for the many people who helped us move. We've moved a couple of times, so thankful for those that helped us do that. We're also thankful for the wonderful neighbors that we've met. We're so grateful for the people that we've been able to live near and do life with. We're thankful for good and great neighbors. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for the many, many people who serve at Connection Point Church. This is Mega Sports Camp. That's like one or two people, right? Holy cow. So thankful for the people that help with things like Mega Sports Camp and other events that we do here. So thankful for music team and how they so faithfully serve. How many are thankful for our music and production teams? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And so then every year we, we celebrate. We do a, a night of celebration, a night to celebrate. So thankful for guest services. So thankful for the people that are pouring into our kids right now that are discipling our kids. So thankful for the people that, that coordinate our food pantry and serve our community that way and car seats in, in the same way. There are so many wonderful volunteers of people that are finding their place in ministry and, and young adults and senior adults in so many ways, our mom's group who made meals. Isn't that so cool? I love that. What else are we thankful for? Thankful that we could declare the praises of our king over this city. Thankful for those opportunities that we had. Also thankful for... Preaching God's word. About 300 messages. I think about 298 of those were in Luke. But that's all right. (laughs) If I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach Christ and him crucified. So, So thankful for the many messages the Lord allowed us to work through together. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for child dedications. Isn't that awesome? How many kids that we've been able to see dedicated here? We are so thankful for, not only are we dedicating children, we're dedicating parents to the purpose of discipling their kids. We're so thankful for that. What else are we thankful for? Water baptisms. Praise God for water baptisms. Wonderful things. We've baptized over 160 people in the last six years at Connection Point Church. That's awesome. So thankful for that. We've seen over 75 people filled with His Spirit, Holy Spirit baptized. Praise God. Salvations. Since 2016, 337 people have made a decision to follow Jesus. We are so thankful for that. Those are things that we celebrate. I absolutely love that. What else do we love? I love parents becoming disciple makers of their kids. This is a family that couldn't join us on a Sunday, but we were doing water baptisms. They were a part of our online audience. And so their child said, can I be baptized? And the dad said, yes, let's go do it. Isn't that awesome? Praise God for parents as disciple makers. We're also thankful for uh, the the men who came out to to pray for our, as we prayed in the new year, we we try to do this every year, and then we go out to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards. Thankful for the ladies that came out for the same reason, to come and and pray the new year in, and then go out for fellowship as well. What else are we thankful for? I'm thankful for the many people we got to marry while we've been here. This was during the pandemic, Andrew and Joanna, if you don't know them, and uh, so they asked, you know, because they knew they weren't going to be able to gather with families, it was kind of at the height of the pandemic, and, and so they asked, well, could we just get married like in the church parking lot? You could, but I have a really cool backyard right now, so we did a backyard wedding, we actually did several pandemic weddings, but so thankful for the many people we got to be a part of their lives in that very special way. Thankful for weddings. 
What else are we thankful for? A couple of trips to Israel. Wonderful times of walking the land of the Bible and, and exploring that together with others. We're so thankful for those times. What else we're thankful for? Thankful for the thousands of dollars raised through our Freedom 5K to set people free, set people free from human trafficking, racial injustice, poverty, and substance abuse. We're so thankful for that. That's incredible. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for our global prayer events, for the many, many prayers that have been prayed for the nations, for the, the global missions guests that we've been able to have, like Wes, we had last November. Together through Kingdom Builders, in the last six years at Connection Point Church, we've raised $1,255,795 for the glory of his name. Isn't that awesome? So thankful for the way that we've advanced the church locally, globally, and in the hearts of our next generation leaders. God's been doing wonderful things. We're also thankful for Purdue Chi Alpha. We've hosted several, several international dinners here. Isn't that awesome? Look at that. Our main street full of international students who are just being loved on by Chi Alpha and others. So thankful for that. What else are we thankful for? Thankful for mission trips. So this is a missions trip to Indonesia. Thankful that we can go and help and partner with the people that we, we support as missionaries and, and do that in wonderful ways. And also for great interactions. Leon met his match in Indonesia. He met his match with a fellow flip phone holder. But I've got a secret. Leon has a smartphone now. A couple of months ago, I got a text with an emoji in it. I about died. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're so thankful for the missions trips that we've been able to take. Also so thankful for the international students. This is more on the personal side, but the international students that we've gotten to know. And here's, here's a picture of one, of one of those we've gotten to know. We love the way they've been able to journey with international students in the greater Lafayette area. What a wonderful thing. And by the way, uh, Sammy is a great photobomb. He's probably in some of your pictures, too. <laughs> What else are we thankful for? We are thankful for the members who have said yes to Jesus to the nations and for who we've been able to see and go serve the nations in our time here. So thankful for that. So thankful for that. We thank God. We thank God for the many, many wonderful things. And again, this is just a sample. We have so many things that we could be thankful for here. But what's the focus? The focus is we focus on the good in life. It's so important. If we want to grow in joy, it's essential that we focus on that. So let me ask you, when you consider the narrative of your life, what do you think about? What are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? You know, let's face it. Any, anyone can find the cow patty in the pasture of life. And if you don't know what that is, ask a neighbor. They probably know. Anybody can find that. It doesn't take any skill to find out what's wrong in life. It's the rare individual who can overlook life's many challenges and say, I thank God for this. What an amazing time. This was awesome. This was awesome. This is what Paul encourages believers in Philippians to do when he tells them later in the same book. What does he say? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. That's what we're to do. And as we do that, joy just grows in our soul. Joy grows. It really does. But we also find that we can grow joy by living in close community with imperfect followers of Jesus. This is another way that we grow in joy. Because here's what Paul writes. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, look, I know that God is working in me and that God is working in you. I know that none of us is what we ought to be, but praise God, we are not who we once were before Christ. That's what he's saying. And this understanding, what does it do? It gives Paul a grace for people. It gives him a grace for people. Instead of thinking negatively about the people around us, we simply need to understand God is doing a work in them. And then we just don't need to add. And boy, does he need to. Just understand he's doing a work. We don't need to add anything to it, right? There's something about our willingness to approach the people around us with grace that provides us with an unending joy in life. It just does. It doesn't take any talent. 
to be a critic. Anybody can point out problems. It takes a person of vision. It takes a person of exceptional character to say, yes, there's some challenges, but more than that, God is at work and he's going to complete that work. That where there was weakness, there will one day be strength. And praise God, I can't wait to see it. That's how we can operate. So when you start talking this way, when you understand we're all in in process, joy starts filling your heart. And here's why this matters, because joy ultimately comes by living in close community with others. That's where it comes from. Paul writes, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So here's what Paul is saying. Look, we are, we are knit together at a deeper level than just mere acquaintance. We've done life together, life in difficult times. This would be imprisonment for Paul. And life when we've seen the gospel advance in the lives of people that we've ministered to together. So Paul is saying, and he's saying, it's right for me to feel this way about you, to have joy when I think of you, to have love for you because of all that we've been through together. That's what he's sharing with them. And I would say it's these verses that probably resonate the most for Shelley and I. I love these verses. It's right for us to have such love and joy for all of you in our hearts. You are a grace-filled people. You are. You've loved our family well, and I know you'll continue to do so because that's who you are. It's who you are. And I would say this, you know, it's hard to have joy over people you don't know. If our family would have not committed ourselves to community here, we would have missed out on so much. We would have missed out on a ton of things because it's in community we grow in joy. In fact, research proves this. There was a study that tracked the lives of 7,000 people over a period of nine years, and this is what they found. Isolated people were three times more likely to die than those who had strong relational connections. People who had bad health habits, such as smoking, poor eating habits, obesity, or alcohol use, but strong social ties, they lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but were isolated. In other words, it is better to eat cookies with friends than broccoli by yourself. And all God's people said... I'd say it's just better to eat cookies, but you know. (laughs) Doing life alone, it's not good. It's not healthy physically, emotionally, or spiritually. It's not how we're designed to live. You and I were created for community. First of all, with God, but also with others. God even said right away, it's not good for man to be alone. I think I shared this in another message. But my, my, I've got two older sisters, and one of them got married a little bit later in life, and so then I was a part of that wedding. My dad, you know, wanted to walk her kind of down the aisle, so then I was like to do the introductions. I was very new in ministry, a little bit nervous. I'm doing my sister's, like, participating in her wedding. So I was supposed to quote that verse, it's not good for man to live alone. Problem was, I said, it's good for man to live alone. <laughs> I'm still in good relationship with my sister. She loves me. (laughs) But it's true. It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone or women. Now, I also want to say this. I'm not saying this, you know, to be cruel in any way. But let's face it. When people spend too much time alone, they get a little goofy. Right? It's true. You say, are you calling me weird? No. I'm just saying, get in a life group, a class, or a serve team. That's all I'm saying. It's just really important. Do life with other people. Being by yourself is not church. No matter what people will say, they're like, I just, you know, church isn't for me. Well, then I don't know that Christianity is. You can't do the one another's of scripture alone. You just can't. Being together as a faith family, we're part of a body. We're a part of the company of the redeemed. We're part of being with one another. And together we form the tangible body of Christ. Nobody gets to do that alone. Let me say, this church is filled with some of the finest people Shelly and I have ever met. Man, I've been good up to now. 
<laughs> Hundreds of incredible people fill this church. I talked to two couples today. This is their first Sunday. I told them, you were in an awesome place. We might be departing, but I'll be honest, it doesn't matter. This church is filled with amazing people. It always has been, and I believe it always will be. This is God's honest truth. And that's what makes it so difficult for us not to remain here in the capacity we are. Connection Point Church is filled with wonderful people. And if you're not living in close community with some of them, you're missing out on one of life's greatest joys of being in community and what I believe is one of Indiana's greatest treasures. Connection Point Church. You are sitting in an incredible church. And I'm not just saying that. They're like, oh, pastor's just saying nice things. If you know me well enough to know, I don't say anything I don't mean. In fact, people are like, sometimes I wish he'd say things he didn't mean. <laughs> it's just not how I'm wired. It doesn't work that way. But I encourage you, invite people into your home. Go out to lunch with somebody today. Enjoy the wonderful Christian fellowship available to you in this incredible church. Don't miss that opportunity. We've been so blessed. We have, so I'm talking personally, by the many, many wonderful people we've gotten to know here and do life with. And we want you to experience that blessing too. I want you to have it. We grow in joy by living in close community with imperfect followers of Jesus. And here's the other thing we know is that we grow in joy by praying for one another. We grow in joy by praying for one another. You know, let me first say, joy comes through prayer ultimately because we're in the presence of the Lord. That's why joy happens in prayer. But I also want to say there's something special that happens when we pray for others and not just ourselves in prayer. There's something special that happens there. And so here's what I'd like to ask that you do as you pray for our family. I want you to know this is how we're going to be praying for you. Let's pray these important things. Number one, that we grow in love. Pray that our family grows in love. And we're going to be praying that you continue to grow in love. Here's what Paul writes. It's my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Be praying that our love for Moroccan people grows and grows. Because without it, we are absolutely ineffective. So pray for that for us. And as you pray, know that Shelly and I are praying that your love would abound. That's what the word is. That it would overflow. That it would spill over the top for one another and the new lead pastors, they come in. We want to pray that that love grows. And this is so important because Jesus clearly says, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is the marker that tells people who we are, who it is that we belong to. And it's meant to be the kind of love that God has for us. It's more than a feeling. It's a choice. It's active. That love does something. It sees needs and meets needs. That's love. And this all comes back to joy because when we love well, joy abounds. Joy abounds in our lives. So let's pray for one another that our love grows. What else can we pray? I want you to pray that we grow in discernment. Jesus, or, or Paul writes here, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. NIV puts it this way, that you may be able to discern what is best. Discern what is best. This is so important. The opportunities for our family and missions, if I'm honest, they're many. But we don't need to do the many, we just need to do what's best. So we need you to pray that we discern from the Lord what is best and that that's what we do. And this same thing holds true for Connection Point Church. There's many things Connection Point Church could do as a local church, but we don't need to do many things. We always just need to do what God's best thing is. Because as we do what's best for this body, and the church down the road does what's best for this, their body, then collectively we see God do incredible things in Greater Lafayette. Not only Greater Lafayette, but the world. And so we're going to be praying that, that God gives discernment to this body on what's best for this body to do. And as we do that, joy fills our hearts. The next thing we can pray about is that we be pure and blameless. Be pure and blameless. Paul writes, be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. In other words, until Jesus comes back or until we go home, let us remain pure and blameless. In the original Greek, it's referring to a pure vessel a vessel without cracks, cracks that haven't been covered up with wax. That's what it's referring to. It's about being sincere, the real deal, completely trustworthy, which fits pretty well with our mission of authentic followers of Jesus. The world needs to see authentic followers. They don't need the insincere. They don't need to see people that have a veneer covering their life. Paul is saying, you will be to everyone else what you are on the inside, and that what's on the outside is what's the display of what's on the inside. 
And so we'd ask that you pray that Shelly and I remain pure and blameless. Pray that our kids be pure and blameless as we move into a Moroccan neighborhood, pastor an international church with African congregants. And we're going to be praying for you, that you'll be pure and blameless, that there's nothing going on on the inside of your life that you're hiding from others, but that you'd be completely sincere in the way that you live your lives. That's what we're going to be praying. And lastly, we'll be praying that you'll be fruitful. We're praying that you're going to be fruitful. Paul prays that the Philippian believers would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And I love this verse because when Paul says filled, it's not the idea of of like water going into a glass. It's actually more like the idea of wind filling a sail. That's the filled he's talking about. It's a fullness that drives something. It dominates it. It moves it. So think of this verse, be praying that people be dominated by the fruit of righteousness, driven by the fruit of righteousness, directed by it. In other words, it's our lives, it's your lives being so directed by God, his hand upon our lives, that the fruit of righteousness, whatever that looks like for each one of us as we find our place, taking care of those affected by poverty or prison, leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus, planning the church where it doesn't exist, discipling kids or whatever it might be, that it would be that fruit of righteousness what drives your life, it dominates your life, it compels you to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. That's what I want to pray. So be praying for our family as we head to Morocco. That's, that's what we would ask. Be praying for one another and know that we're going to be praying for you. Absolutely. We can grow in joy. How do we do it? Three important things, proper focus, close community and prayer. So let's grow in joy as a body of believers. The world around us needs to see joy-filled Christians. It really does. And so I want us to be that. Now, before we go this morning, I want to be sure to explain what's happening with our family and and Connection Point Church, because we've gotten a lot of questions in the last month. So I felt like this would be a good place to to talk a bit about that before we um, transition. So I'd like to close today by by answering that question. So first of all, I want to be clear this morning because I've gotten this question a lot. This is not our family's last Sunday at Connection Point Church, which could be confusing for you. But here's why. This is simply the last Sunday we serve the church's lead pastors. That's it. It is true our family's going to be gone a lot, but we'll come back to visit. This is our home church. You are our church family. I want to make that very clear this morning. Our kids have grown up here. This is our last Sunday as lead pastors, and tomorrow is our first day as missionaries of Connection Point Church. That's it. This is still our home church. Our role is simply changing. Does that make sense? This honestly goes back to Ephesians, talking about who we are. We're not defined by titles except for that of child of God. Whatever roles the Lord has us play in life, that's up to him. That doesn't change who we are. So where will our family be next Sunday? I get that question. At another church in Indiana, talking about the the need for the church to reach the nation. So we'll visit with another church in Indiana and we'll do the same thing the next week and and the week after that. And so then our Sundays will be spent visiting churches in in Indiana, Illinois, and then other places eventually as well, talking about our opportunity, and I would say this, our responsibility to take the gospel to the nations. So that's what we'll be doing on, on most Sundays. And while we're doing that, I want to mention, and it was announced already this morning and in uh, announcements last week, that you've got a candidate coming the weekend of March 13th to consider as a new lead pastor for Connection Point Church. And as I shared last week, Shelly and I could not be more excited about the future of this church. We couldn't be, not more excited. When you look at what God has been doing through this church, it becomes evident this church has an incredible future. You look at the storyline of the story that God has been writing with this congregation, and it's amazing. It really is. So when this congregation moved to this location 10 years ago, so this, this building right here, when it moved here, there was a sign they put on the wall on the outside of D doors. You can see it as you exit this morning. It said new beginning. And one of the things in our transition, the Lord spoke to my heart is that he's been laying the groundwork for 10 years for that new beginning to truly happen. Yes, there was a new building, a new name, you know, some new things attached to it, but now there's this new mission of understanding who we are as a people of God and what God has tasked us to do. And so now we get to enter into that more and more fully, and I'm believing for that. I firmly believe the greatest days of this church are ahead of it. More salvations, more water baptisms, more Holy Spirit baptisms, more people plugged into greater Lafayette community, more people going to the nations. Like, that's what God's going to do here. 
And I want to share that because you're going to want to be a part of it. So plug in here. If you haven't found your place, do it. Because God's got incredible things in store for this congregation. And we can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to hear how God is using this congregation for his great and glorious purposes, locally and globally. People finding their place, using their spiritual gifts, living out their Christ-like identities. And as that happens, guess what? The world changes around us. It does. It really does. So we can't wait. And you should be excited for that too. So be here March 13th. If you're a member, stay afterward for the special members meeting as the congregation votes on the candidate selected by our transition team. Speaking of our transition team, if you're in the room this morning, could you stand? They are not, I did not forewarn them about this. A transition team, can you stand? Can we thank them for the job that they've done? That's a weighty responsibility. But they've done all of that earnest in prayer, seeking God's will for the body. And I'm so thankful for these, these men and their wives and as they've been a part of that process. Now, another question we've been asked is, is how long will we travel and visit with other churches? So we'll do that for about a year. So we're going to spend the next three months not too far away because our kids are in school through May. Um, so what we'll do is we're going to continue to live in the West Lafayette area. So again, we won't be here necessarily on Sundays. We'll come back for some as we're able um, but we're, our family will still be in the area for the next year. We'll travel a bit, but this is our home base. So West Lafayette is, is home for us. Um, so feel free. If there's any time uh, you want to get together, we're open to that. Our kids are going to do homeschool next year. Uh, so pray for us. Seriously, pray for us. <laughs> now, we're just, it'll be a good, a good opportunity for us. Uh, so next year, as we travel a bit more widely and go and visit with churches in, in, uh, in New Jersey and in Nebraska and South Dakota, then, then we can all do that together as a family. Um, but all that to say, again, as they're doing homeschool, well, this is still going to be home base for us until we head to Morocco. And then we will head to Morocco. And so what are we going to do there? We're going to serve as pastors with one of the international churches in Morocco. Uh, there's international churches. If, see if you can find them in Casablanca, Tangier, Marrakesh, and Agadir. And so while serving as pastors, what else we do? We're going to coordinate member care for the Arab world. So we're actually developing a member care team for the 270 plus missionaries in the Arab world, which would cover uh, from Morocco to the country of Oman and kind of everything in between. So North Africa, Middle East, and the Gulf. And so we're going to coordinate member care. And the other thing we'll do is, is we'll work with the National Church in Morocco to help them continue to establish a house church planning movement throughout the land. Uh, we want to see Morocco reached, and we know Moroccans reaching Moroccans is the best way for that to happen. We're simply there to serve them, and so we want to do that. So what is our family doing? We're, we're developing prayer and financial partnerships for about a year, and we're going to head to Morocco for, for three important things. Strengthen global workers by coordinating member care. Mobilize believers of international church congregants and house church leaders, and then live intentionally. So we live our lives in such a way that everywhere we go, we know we take Jesus with us. And so we do that as well. And of course, we got the question, how can we be a part? Uh, if you didn't see it on the way in, we've got a table on Main Street. So we encourage you to pick up a prayer card. It's a great reminder for you to be praying for us. And then we have a, a Connect card. So, you know, Connect cards at Connection Point Church, we need to do those too. So we'd love to stay connected with you. There's ways that you can say that we want to be on your newsletter list or, or uh, different things that you can do to be a part of what God is doing in Morocco. So we invite you to that. One of the things that we're doing, it's uh, been a lot of fun with our family is Experience Morocco events. So you're welcome to host one of those and be a part of one of those. You sign up on the Connect cards. Uh, here's a short a video that shows you what those are. Experience Morocco. Hear Moroccan music. Taste Moroccan tea and cookies. Smell Moroccan spices. Feel Moroccan textiles. See the incredible need for gospel access in the Arab world. You can sign up to host or be part of an Experience Morocco event by emailing Zach at Zach at OikosMail.com or by calling or texting your name to 765-490-6737. Let's bring gospel access to the Arab world together. Amen. So know that you're welcome to be a part. You're welcome to come with us to Morocco in whatever way the Lord sends you by prayer uh, resources, or you may come and visit us as well. So if you ever wanted to visit Morocco, you've got a place to stay. You're welcome. Love to really would. So just know though, uh, as, as we were going through this message, those verses so resonated in our hearts. We are so thankful to God 
for this church, this church family, and all that God has done in our lives through it and what we've seen God do through the lives of others. Uh, we are so thankful. So I, I, I encourage you to grow in joy through prayer. So I wanted to close in prayer this morning. God, I am so thankful for Connection Point Church. More than a building or a place, it's a people. And so God, we are so thankful for the people of this church and the way that you have enriched our lives, the way that you have blessed us with wonderful relationships, the way that you have blessed our kids with incredible relationships and experiences. And, and God, we know the work that you've done here, it carries forward. And so God, I just thank you for the intersections of our lives here. And God, I just pray that you would grow us in joy, all of us, Lord, that you would grow us in joy and the way that we can look at the good things that you've done, that you can grow us in joy as we fellowship with other believers, that you can grow us in joy as we pray for one another. So God, I pray right now for Connection Point Church. I pray they grow in love. May it abundantly overflow, spill over through the hearts of everyone who calls this place home. God, we are just believing for that, God, a, a growth in love. God, we're also praying for a growth in discernment. Lord, we don't want to do the many things. We want to do the best thing that you call us to. So God, I pray that this church continues to discern what is the best thing that they can do when they walk in obedience in it. We believe you for that, O oh Lord. And God, I do pray that we would live these pure and blameless lives, that there's nothing veneer about us, but Lord, that we're true and authentic followers of you. So God, I pray that this church be filled with authentic followers of Jesus. We trust you for that work, almighty God. And then Lord, we do pray for fruit, the fruit of righteousness that drives us so, Lord, as people find their place in your kingdom and what you've called them to do, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would respond mightily in your name. And, Lord, that we would see a, a fruit that drives each and every person to the life that you would have them lead. And we believe you for these things, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Zach and Shelley and family, would you come up to the stage, please? And we want to do two things as we wrap up this morning. And one of those is to take up a love offering. If you looked into your announcements the last couple of weeks, we want to take that opportunity to bless Pastor Zach and Shelley and their family for the last six and a half years they've given to Connection Point Church. And you can do that one of two ways. If you go online at connectionpointchurch.org, there's a giving tab. And underneath there, there's a drop down that says uh, Maddox Gift. So you can do that. Or you can write out a, a check to Connection Point Church and place that and just on the memo, put Maddox gift and put it in one of the receptacles in the back. So um, we just want to bless them for the last six and plus years that they've given to Connection Point Church. We love them and just a way to express our offerings, a transition into itinerating for the next year and supporting them in that effort. The second thing we want to do is we want to pray over each of those. And so we want to, we just want to love on them and pray over them. And so we'll just, uh, we'll start with uh, Matt here praying over. Lord, we are so thankful, Father. I just, I pray over Lucas right now. And God, I'm so thankful for the, the time I've got to spend with him, Father, and, and, and got to just experience life with him. God, right now, I just ask that you would knit your heart with his, that you would help him to grow strong in stature, to grow strong in you, to develop a heart after you. God, that you would shape his courage, his fearlessness, Father, his boldness by your will, that he would become a mighty man of God for your kingdom and for your purpose. Now, Lord, we lift up Haley to you right now. I thank you for the love that she's shown us. And I ask that you would help us to emulate that love towards one another. Lord, we ask that you would help her to grow in love let her become more discerning and that she would just abound with fruitfulness while you're keeping her heart pure and admirable towards you, Lord, all the distractions that will come her way. I ask that you would uh, help her to cherish the friendships that she's made here over the years and to carry those with her and to frame them with joy and anticipation and what you have in store for her, Lord, because you have just begun her, her story. There's so much more involved for her, Lord, that you have not just called her parents, but you've also called her and her brothers too for your mission, Father. We just give her into your hands because we know that she is safe and you are trustworthy. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we just thank you for, for Nate. Uh, we just thank you for the impact that he's had on, on our lives in this place, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you would um, continue to uh, just invade his heart and his spirit uh, by your power, that he would have impact wherever he goes, Lord Jesus. Raise him up, uh, keep him protected, keep his heart protected, keep him focused on you, Lord. We just pray over this man, this young man, and uh, just, we just we just ask for you to to bless his steps, to guide his steps, Lord, uh, wherever he ends up, uh, as he as he continues to develop his own faith and his own his own uh, kind of mindset towards you, that you would use him in a mighty way, Lord. We just ask for your protection and your strength over him. Lord, high Father, we have grateful hearts this morning, Lord. Grateful hearts, Lord, Holy Father. So I just pray for Shelly, Lord, Holy Father. I thank you for the marriage that you gave, you've given Zach and Shelly, Lord, Holy Father, the model uh, they've set before us, Lord, Holy Father. I thank you especially for Shelly, Lord, Holy Father, and the, the ministry that uh, you've given her at, her here at Connection Point Church, Lord. But I just want to pray for uh, just the future, Lord, Holy Father. You have great things planned for her, Lord, Holy Father. I just pray for protection over her, Lord, Holy Father, as Zach's helper, Lord, Holy Father, as mother to these kids, Lord, Holy Father. I just pray that you would develop her relationship with Zach, that you would develop her relationship with uh, with Nate and Haley and Lucas, Lord, each of them, Lord, Holy Father. Give her a strong uh, spiritual protection, a physical protection, Lord, Holy Father. And I just pray for her heart, Lord, Holy Father, that when it needs to be strong and tough, Lord, it's strong and tough. And when it needs to be soft, Lord, I pray that it's soft. And I just pray that you would just expand her ministry, Lord, Holy Father. We're so blessed by the Maddoxes and so blessed by Shelley, Lord. We just thank you in Jesus' holy name. Father God, this is your church. This is the church of Jesus Christ, and we always are following you. And Lord, through this time, you've given us a season of Pastor's Acclidius over the six plus years. And we're so grateful for that, Lord. We are thankful. He's given us reason to be thankful, Lord. We are thankful for him and his family. Now he has led well. And Lord, how he's always pointed us to Christ, always pointed us to you. Lord, challenged us. Lord, help us to grow. And we just thank you for that in love. He always did that well, Lord. Preach the word of God in love and truth. And Lord, we are grateful for his leadership, a leadership that always pointed us towards you, Jesus. So, Father, we just thank him. Thank you for his life. We thank you for his family. We, Lord, we just pray blessing and anointing on the ministry as they go forth. We pray for the thankful for the season that you've given them with us. And, Lord, we just commit them into your hands, Lord, as they spend this next year itinerating and praying, Lord, um, preparing for going to Morocco. Lord, thank you for them. This is their home church, Lord. They will always be their home church. And we just pray a blessing upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Madison, know that you're loved. This will always be your church. We love you.